and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. How are you? So welcome to episode 47 of the Money Magic Podcast. If you've just joined us, my name is Vangila Makwakwa. I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income and live their best lives. So in today's podcast, Um, I'm going to be sharing with you guys a live class that I did for the seven day tapping into ancestral money wisdom training, which is a training that I take people through um, if they are on the waiting list for the money magic course uh, so that they can start to understand how the how trauma impacts their bodies and also then impacts financial behavior right so this is day four of the training and in day four we look at pricing and then we look at this idea of how pricing our products and services impacts our actual business right impacts our revenue impacts our profits and even impacts us when we um and how not talking about money and the fear of asking for money impacts our ability to negotiate for salaries in the workplace so i hope that you guys really enjoy this training let me know your thoughts please leave the podcast a review on itunes leave us a five-star review on a five-star rating and then write us a review on itunes and also write comments in Podbean. And thank you so much for leaving the comments that you do on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, great. But you can also get this podcast on iTunes, on Podbean and on Spotify. Definitely leave us a review. <laughs> um, 
leave us comments. I try to answer most of the comments. And if this is resonating with you and you're just like, oh my God, I want to be part of the Money Magic course, um, do get, uh, do sign up for the course or get on the waiting list for when the course opens up for registration again. You can get on the waiting list or sign up for the course at wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. This is where a lot of the body of work that I cover in my live classes, this is where we do the practical work, we do the meditations, we do the breath work, the EFT tapping, we do the <laughs> practical calculation strategy sessions, a strategy setting, looking at our business models, all that happens in the Money Magic course and it's all about helping people create a consistent stream of income in their businesses or side hustles every single month and starting from 40,000 Rand or 2,500 US dollars a month or more every single month. Okay, without further ado, let us start on today's class around the importance of pricing. So today, Today's video and breathwork meditation is on pricing. So I actually didn't do the breathwork meditation around the vow of invisibility as I thought I would. At least not the direct vow of invisibility, right? Oh, I was sitting and I was about to start recording and then something was like, no, talk about pricing and asking for money because you know we talk a lot about now in wealthy money we talk a lot about our fear of looking at our bank accounts and we do a lot of bank account work but in honesty there's also this other element around money which is around charging people for um for the work that we do for our products and services negotiating for salaries and invoicing people, right? So I find like the invoicing factor, oh, see my glasses again reflecting um, every so often, like I see them, I don't know when the reflections happen. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's this whole thing around invoicing that we don't really talk about. And I know when I started off as an entrepreneur, I used to think there was something so wrong with me. And I used to be like, my gosh, why am I so like, you know, uncool for lack of a better word. Other people just like get the invoices and send the invoices. And I used to think that was normal. Whereas I thought like that's how everyone behaved. And I was just the weird freak. Obviously now that I do the work that I do around money, I know that actually it's quite common that a lot of people have a fear of telling people their prices and there's also a fear of sending invoices so what i used to do was um the day of the invoice like i know i have to send this invoice right then i'd like spend the time pacing up and down the house making tea, <laughs> making food, doing anything but sending the invoice. I would like avoid it. Oh my gosh, if someone sends me an email and says, what's your pricing? I'd be like, oh my gosh, do I tell them? Who, what do I say? Oh my gosh. You know, like there was just so much angst around this one thing. And of course, what I noticed is that 
that was also very much a trauma response. At the time, I didn't know what the heck was going on, right? Because I was so busy being self-judgmental and also like thinking, oh my gosh, why am I this freak? Why is everybody like <laughs> able to invoice? Why is everybody so comfortable sharing their prices? Why is it so scary for me to go on line and tell people what I do and to say to people, come join my courses or come hire me for certain things, right? So this was before Wealthy Money. So it would have been more like hire me to come perform at your next event. Yes, I'm a spoken word poet and I do a lot of performance poetry. Well, not so much now, but I used to. And it was always like, oh my God, what, how, how do I say that? I don't want to come across as greedy or I don't want to make it and also worse in the arts, right? Because as a writer and also as a poet and like a short story creative writer, all these things, I never wanted to be that person that was like, oh my gosh, I do this writing for money, right? Because there's this thing in the arts community that like you have to do it for the love of it, right? And it's almost like, well, even if you don't get paid, you'll still love it. And I was not like that, right? I was literally like, I want to love what I do, but I also, I love what I do, but I also want to be paid for it. But I was so scared, so, so scared that like, if I actually do start telling people what I do, and then I ask for money, people will be like, oh my God, she's only in this for the money, you know? And I felt like, oh, well, people think that I'm a sellout, you know? I'm not here for the arts. And then obviously I started going into the work that I do around wealthy money. I mean, I still write. I use all my talents and my skills in wealthy money still. And like yesterday I shared that I'm in the middle of writing a fiction novel and I'm in the middle of recording a spoken word album. So I'm still doing, I'm now back to doing all my other art stuff. But I know when I started with wealthy money as well, it was the same thing because now I'm talking about ancestral healing. I'm talking about healing. It's like, oh my God, I'm a healer. I'm talking about healing. I'm talking about the God wound. I'm talking about all these things. Ooh, no, people are going to think I'm not spiritual. I'm just about the money, right? And so there's this real fear. And also because we live in a society that makes us feel like, well, if you're really a, the, a true one, right? Like if you're really a true healer and you are really doing the things, then you shouldn't charge much. I've had many healers come to me. Um, there's a lot of healers in the Money Magic course and a lot of healers will come through and say, yeah, my clients say that I'm the real deal because I don't charge for my services or I charge literally for like three hours, like a thousand rand or a hundred dollars. And I'm like, you? Okay, you're like doing the most in three hours and what you've told me you've done for people, for these people in three hours, wow, you know? And yet that is the measure of healers. And I'm just like, how long do you actually think by undercharging you can keep doing what you're gonna do? Because at some point, you're gonna burn out, right? At some point, it's gonna be extremely exhausting. As a human being, there's only so much that you can do. But so many of us have been told that, right? Like, if you're a true artist, if you're a true healer, you know, if you're really in this for the love of it, then you don't care about money, right? And now I'm like, 
No, it's actually because you love it that you should care about getting paid because the more that you are able to sustain yourself off of the thing that you do, that you really love and that brings you fulfillment, the more that you will continue to do, right? And you won't be on this like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed, I don't have money, so I need to now hold down three jobs in order to support this one thing where I give so much of myself and get so little back right so pricing is extremely important and i also understand like i just said i understand very well why it's so hard for us to share our prices right because we want to be considered the real ones we want to be considered real like honestly like i am so real like this is why i can just do this for next to nothing kind of setup right but the truth is at like you get what you pay for right so if i only have x amount of hours in a day and if in a day it's taking so much for me to hold space or write an article or perform a poem or write a poem and perform it and everything and it's taking my petrol etc to get to events and i'm not getting paid enough for that it's going to exhaust me right so there's a lot around that and eventually I'm going to be burnt out if I'm holding down three or four jobs. It actually doesn't make sense, right? And I'm just like talking as someone who has done that, who has held down three jobs in a one point, right? All in the, at one time, three jobs. So I go from one job, go to the next, go to the next, and I never have a rest day. And well... <laughs> eventually like as i as time progressed my body got extremely exhausted i said i was very snappy i was extremely resentful i didn't have the time and energy to actually give to people to give to any relationships romantic family friendships etc because i was just tired right and Obviously, because my life was revolving around work and I barely felt like I had enough to give to myself in terms of self-care, I ended up extremely depressed, unhappy, etc. Right? So all these things started to affect me, right? And ironically, I came up with the brilliant idea to say, ooh, I'm gonna go work on a cruise line and I'm gonna work 16 hour days. This is true. I did this for eight months of my life, worked 16 hour days for and had 10 hours of rest every 10 days. Not a day's rest. So I got 10 hours off every 10 days as I worked 16 hour days. And at the same time, I was studying for my MBA to write the GMAT and get accepted, accepted into business school. How I got the high marks I got for the GMAT, I have no idea. How I got accepted into schools, I still don't have an idea. You know, sometimes in your life, you're like, that right there was ancestors and God. <laughs> like, Because I was exhausted. I remember sleeping four hours a day and having just four hours to study these books and to just like know what the heck I was going to write. Somehow I was also making notes highly highly unrecommended right like so obviously you can imagine i had i barely had time for relationships funny enough i was also dating at this time and actually relationshiping 
I still don't know how I did it. <laughs> but I'm just like, that, that was crazy. That was wild and insane. But what I can tell you is I was absolutely, most times I remember being irritable. I remember not really being able to hold down a conversation. Um, I was dating a really cool guy, so we actually did get along. I think mainly because like we had a shared interest in arts and music, etc. So that was kind of cool. But for the rest, I actually was not able to spend a lot of time doing a lot of things that I liked. And I guess I could also do it because I was in my early 20s, trying to do it like I was 22, trying to do that now. Hot mess, hot, hot mess. I don't think I could ever do it. <laughs> mm. But so my examples, obviously extreme. I don't know. I had to go. I went through extremes. Like I, I, I tend to choose the extremes to experience life, which is, I guess, why I get to do this work because I have like all this crazy extreme experience. But for most of us, we're still working from that point, right? And for some of us, we're also mothers or fathers, right? And we're husbands or we're wives and we are doing this. And so it's not just our time that is being taken up. It's also the people who love us, who really like once you have kids, they take priority, right? So we're eating into their time and all because we don't know how to negotiate for money and uh, for our salaries and because we, most of us are scared to talk about money because it's so scary. We're scared that we'll be rejected, right? And then like most of us have businesses, but we're undercharging in the biggest fears that like, also, it's not safe to talk about money or that people will reject us. People will criticize us. People will say all of these things and people will. You know what? People will. But the truth is that your clients, once you are charging at a particular price, your clients are going to love what you do, right? I know when I started charging $150,000 or $15,000 um, 150,000 rand, sorry, of 15,000 US dollars for one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. I know that there were a lot of people that were like, oh, rolled eyes, etc. right? But also what happened with my clients is that I was able to give to my clients in a whole different way, to show up for them in a whole different way, right? Because I stopped trying to coach like six clients at once. I was like, F this, now I'm just going to coach three clients and I'm going to charge exactly what I believe my coaching services are worth. And you know what? Crazy enough, a lot of my clients renewed contracts or I would be fully booked as soon as I announced that I'm now available for coaching, right? Because why is that? Because the clients that I had were feeling the service, right? And they were, they were like, oh my God, this is so incredible. Before I could even open up to the general public, they had already slotted their friends in to take over their coaching slots, right? So I very rarely have opened, since I increased my prices, opened my coaching spots to the general public because my clients will literally be like, keep the spot, my cousin needs it, my sister needs it, my friend needs it, right? So it, I don't have to do as much marketing. And part of why that is, like people will be like, oh, who'll pay that much and who want other people in their lives to pay with that much? 
Well, I have seen it. And I believe it's because I shifted the way that I showed up for my clients, right? I started to give more because if I'm focusing on one person for the day, I'm like, thinking about what they need before the coaching session starts. I'm sending them energy. I'm doing a bono bono. I'm sitting in meditation with my ancestors, talking to my guides, asking them, please hold space in the session, help them break through. I have time for that, right? By the time I come to a client, to the point where most of my coaching sessions are three hours long, right? Two to three hours, but most of my clients will tell you they actually sit on a phone call with me for four hours. And I have no rush, right? Because they know, I tell them, I'm like, this day is your day, right? You are my private client. This day is your day. You are the only one. So they never ever look at their watches. They don't worry that they like crossing any boundaries because I've already let them know. And then when we feel satisfied, we're like, okay, we'll even have chats. We'll laugh. There's no pressure. So lots of things come up. And that shifted the results that they got, right? So they were like, oh my gosh, this is the best money that I've ever spent. This is incredible. And that's how I became fully, fully booked for my coaching services. So this is, so we have this assumption that if we price and we say the price that we really think our products and services are worth, then people are going to turn us down. They're going to reject us. They're going to criticize us. Not true. <laughs> I've experienced the same thing in the mastermind. Actually, one of the Money Magic students who is going to, whose um, podcast is coming out, was supposed to come out today, but it's coming out tomorrow, actually said that she thinks that with what I'm charging for the mastermind, which is 180,000 or 18,000 US dollars, most people would be like, oh my God, this is so expensive. She was like, yeah, I think that you're undercharging for the group coaching. Why? Because it's the same kind of concept. Everyone knows I've got the time. I'm always available on WhatsApp. I'm like, send me voice notes. I've got the energy for that because I know what it is that I'm offering and I'm not having to run after other clients in order to uh, meet the company's uh, monthly revenue, right? But all this being said, and of course, all this being said, right? I did, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I woke up yesterday and I started charging these prices because I didn't and that would be a lie, right? So I did do the work, but as I did the work, I slowly inched up my pricing, right? Until it started to feel comfortable in my nervous system. And obviously every new price point set my nervous system ablaze. It just like went crazy because it felt scary and even now, as I increase prices on certain things, it does sometimes feel like, oh my God, nobody's going to buy. But that is, I have to remind myself to do the work on that because that is the story that we've been taught, right? That people will buy from us and people will hire us as employees if we charge the lowest amount, right? And I've seen this. I used to be like, with my master's degree, I'd be like, trying to apply for jobs at entry level. And if I did get jobs at a particular level, I'd still ask for salaries at, a, at the entry level position because my belief was that is what people will pay. If I ask for other salaries, if I ask for salaries that are, uh, that are at the level of that position, then people will never hire me and they will never pay me. And listen, 
obviously there will be people that hear your pricing and they go, F this, like, <laughs> we're not paying that much. That's okay, right? You don't have to have like a whole meltdown around that, right? And then they'll, because there'll also be people that hear your pricing and have maybe experienced your products and services. And then they're like, oh my God, we love, we love what you're about. And to be fair, a few people, I would say 80% of the people that were, that pay for my high end services like the mastermind and uh, the one on one coaching have actually experienced my other services before, right? So it is, uh, so there is an element of people wanting to test us out, wanting to know what it is that they're paying for, especially if we are charging higher prices. And I feel like that is fair. That is human nature, right? I mean, for me, I make a lot of my buying decisions through the gut, right? So I have paid like insane, I have paid that equivalent amount of money often for coaches and for coaching, just because like, I feel like once I've read certain things and I've watched certain videos, etc., and it feels right in my system, I'm like, okay, I will invest at that level. But it has taken a lot of trusting myself, trusting my gut, really understanding what it is that I want out of the service. But for the most part, I am in favor of the fact that people want to first experience you before they uh, pay the higher prices. Now at a job, for job interviews, completely different, right? Because most people are going from one job to the next. You've held a senior management position before, and then you're going to another senior management position to interview, even if maybe you've demoted. If you've held that senior level post before, that is proof enough, right? You've held the post. You've done that. They can always contact your previous employers and find out information. So that is a whole different agenda, right? And most people that are interviewing at these jobs, fingers crossed that you guys do have actually the qualifications. You've put in your work, you've done the quali you've gotten your degrees, you've done all that. So now the big thing is just the fear of negotiation, right? Again, like for entrepreneurs, it's a different thing. So there are many uh, times when people want to first test out our products and services, first try out things before they invest money with us. And that is completely okay. But what I've often found is when people get pushed back like that, where people are like, well, I just want to try this out before I spend that kind of money with you. Or do you have something else that I can buy at a cheaper price before I decide to up level and uh, buy your other services? Most of us, what we hear is, people don't want to spend money on us, right? Or people are not willing to spend this amount of money on our products and services. Or when people question the pricing of the product and service, that's also what we hear. And what happens because we are holding on to these stories that if we price at a certain, at a certain price point, people will not buy from us. We then curl up and contract and start crying, right? Or we just like, we knew it. It's almost like it proves a deeply buried belief that we've held on to, right? 
Meanwhile, it's not even like that, right? So this is why we do the trauma work. This is why we do the work that we do around pricing. So the first thing that we worked on in this video was around, sorry, I'm going to take another drink of my tea. By the way, this is CBD tea, so cannabis tea. You guys can get it at Discam if you're in South Africa. I don't know where else you get it if you're not in South Africa. <laughs> It's really, really nice. I you I love the digest tea. So CBD digest. I love, love it. I'm obsessed with it. Like it tastes really, really nice. Um, anyway, so what we did in uh, day four's meditation was just breath work around the belief that it is not safe for us to have money, right? And I asked you guys to just feel that sense of unsafety in your body and then after a while i also ask you to just surrender to that fear right and then we also looked at the fact that like one of the deep beliefs that most of us have right which is it's wrong for us to want to make money right uh, for our products and services and then just also surrendering to that so why i'm not like saying oh let's do affirmations on this etc is because before you can really affirm on a thing, if you're like affirming on something that is that has to do with deep issues around safety, right? Most of us are like, oh, we want to force the mind to believe that it is safe for us to have money. But the truth is that there's so many memories and instances and small, small childhood memories of where we went to ask our parents for money and they shouted or flipped, right? Not even thinking, right? They didn't even realize that there was a trauma. And maybe they did that often enough that for us now, whenever we ask for money, we feel tense, we feel sort of panicked. We just don't feel at ease, right? So even sending invoices or following up with clients to say, hey, do you want to pay me? Like, when do you want to pay me? And having specific dates with clients on payment is really, really scary for us because of that, right? Because what we associate, we associate um, asking for money with like some kind of verbal backlash, right? And so our inner child or our inner team is constantly bracing for some kind of backlash or fight whenever they being whenever we ask for money and so it feels really really uncomfortable because it makes us go it feels like we have to go to war before we can ask for money right so if that's the case the nervous system is in hyper vigilance around asking for money it feels completely unsafe so whatever you're affirming whatever you're visualizing whatever you're telling yourself is safe trust me when i say this your psyche is going to override all that messaging because the role of the mind is to keep you alive your mind my mind all of our minds are not invested in seeing us expand and grow right our minds are invested in keeping this vessel this body alive right so that we can see tomorrow so if the mind is associating asking for money with danger it literally is like well that could eventually lead to death and that's literally how the amygdala works right the reptilian part of the brain which is the mo the ancient part of the brain which is that it's seeing like oh my gosh 
The nervous system is registering danger, danger, danger. Oh, danger equals possible death. So whatever this person is doing that will lead to possible death or whatever they're saying is safe that will lead to possible death, let's please override that because we want to make sure that this body remains alive and safe tomorrow, right? So this is why for most of us, we can affirm for years the same thing. And it actually either worsens the, the sense of unsafety. So we're actually literally going to war with ourselves. And because we're, we keep of forcing the mind to accept a reality it doesn't believe. It actually fights us so much more so that we can hear it and see it that lady or man, this is not safe, right? So it will fight us and sometimes things will actually get worse as we're doing all these things and affirming. Whereas if we're working with what the mind already believes, it feels like you're hearing me right and as we're doing the breath work and we're repeating this it's like okay the nervous system starts to feel like i'm being heard i'm being heard right and the mind feels like okay i hear this i hear this and after a while all these memories start to come up all these beliefs tied to this uh deeper belief around not feeling safe around money they all start to come up because the nervous system now feels safe enough to actually let you know what the issue is and from there you can start the mind is so beautiful it starts to find the logic it starts to see the truth and it starts to work things out right and that's when we can start asking questions around if i surrender what becomes possible um who would i be what would my life look like and then even a few weeks later start introducing the affirmations right and noticing what's coming up for us so super super important but most of us just want to bypass the uncomfortable icky stage of feeling into what this feels like and really acknowledging what's going on with the body. And the minute we do that, we literally go to war with our body, right? Same with why we're talking about it's wrong to make money, right? Because most of us are out here saying like, oh my God, I'm open to receiving money and making money and I love making money. And there's another part of your psyche that's like, and this is wrong. I hear you, but it's wrong to make money. Every time you're saying that, affirming it, it's like, and it is extremely wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. It's wrong, right? Which is why affirmations will work for some people and then for some and for certain things, but not for all things, right? And why they'll work for some people and not for others, right? So most of us are not even aware of that right because we think oh it's worked for this one thing so it will work for the other well maybe for the one thing that you're affirming you didn't hold the strong beliefs the strong anxiety the sa the safety issues the guilt issues the shame issues right and this is why for most of us it's so it doesn't always work in terms of money that we're like i save lots and lots of money and like we're like but hey i did that and this happened to me a lot, right? Like my friends, especially when I was living in Boston, would have all these really cool affirmations and they would do them and their stuff would start to pop. I would do them, right? And we know from, as you guys have, listening, have listened the last few days to my life stories and my family stories and how my friends bullied me, 
Do you guys think that I was saying those things and my nervous system was going, oh, wow, we agree with this. Heck no, right? Things actually got worse for me, right? Like I started having panic attacks. When I was having all my panic attacks and my depressive episodes, I was deep within the positive thinking and affirming um, stages, right? And affirmation stages. And that's when I, when I pulled back and started working with what is the truth that my body's telling me? That's when I was able to start healing the panic attacks, start working with the anxiety and start to decrease my anxiety astronomically. And that's when I was also able to start paying off debt, right? Because I was no longer going to war with the truth of what is. I was actually working with my own reality, right? Again, that's, this is to say that we are all different, right? What my friends were doing worked, it worked for them. And they did it for a few months and they saw shifts. I did it for a few months. I got extremely depressed, started having panic attacks. It took me down a whole path because my psyche started to fight me to be like, listen, this is not safe, sis. So whatever you're trying to do by any means necessary, and my brain was like, I'm going to keep you safe, right? So if developing panic attacks and uh, whenever you have to see money or manage money or do anything with money is what's going to wake you up to make you realize that it's not safe to have money. That's what I'm going to do, right? So what worked for my friends wasn't, isn't necessarily what worked for me. And again, this is also to say that we are all different. Our traumas are different. So what works for me, even within the Money Magic course, we may all think that, oh, my pricing issues are because of this one thing. This is one, this meditation is one example, right? It's like one of the things that could be causing the issues. And I'm, and I used the most general because most people resonate with this. And at the base of it, most, I would say most of the population carries the same story about it's wrong to have, uh, to make money, to get paid, and it's not safe to make money, right? So all these things. But there's also underly other underlying things that, again, I won't know what those are that may be blocking you even further from pricing your products and services. And it's only when we start to dig deeper and go inwards and start to understand what is going on, right? What is your family story? What is your, your own money story? What are your past life stuff? What is your ancestral stuff that we can actually start to weed out? What is your... Stuff. What are all the different layers that you carry? And for some people, this may be it, right? Which is great. I also think like the majority of people just have, it's subtle, it's small traumas, right? And then you've got others, those of us who have like the deeper stuff, right? So we have to like do a lot more stuff, right? And we have to dig, I don't want to say do a lot more stuff, but um, because that's the wrong phrase, but what I want to say is, um, we just have to be more cognizant, more aware, and be willing to go just a tad deeper, right? It doesn't mean that our healing will take longer necessarily, or that like we have to do the most, etc. But it just means that we have to be aware that, oh, I may have to go just a little deeper under this layer, right? So I do encourage you guys to keep doing this meditation because again, as you keep doing it, 
over and over for day four, more things are going to show up. And I also want to encourage you that as you do this meditation, see what comes up in another three days. Try to see if you can go on social media and post your prices. And then how does it feel in your body? Because I always say that this work is very practical work. So wealthy money work and money magic work is very practical work because it's work that once we do the work, we should be able to see at month end, if you're doing the bank account challenge, do I have more money in my bank account? Simple. Then you know that the, the work is working, right? There's a simple, it's not all like mystical. It's like, yes, we do a lot of spiritual stuff. We work with ancestors. We do a lot of emotional stuff, but that you should be able to track in the physical world. How are the shifts, my financial shifts, right? And finances, it's practical stuff. Like I can go into my bank account and tell you, oh, this month I ran out of money at this point. Or, oh my gosh, yeah, I've got more clients. Look at my bank account. The business bank account registers that more people are paying me money and I've had more sales. So you should be able to track that. So that's what I'm saying. As you do this meditation, keep doing it. If you have a product and a service, right, or you've been dying to ask for a promotion, check in with yourself and see, can I post my pricing online? Can I hop on a call with someone and openly talk about my pricing? And then how does that feel for me, right? How does it feel when people criticize that? Do I shrink? Do I stop? Or can I go back the next day and keep talking about my prices and keep posting about my uh, products and services? So you want to be able to see your progress by actually doing the actual practical work that we're doing the meditations around, right? So that is the measure of whether or not this is working, right? So as you, in the same way, as you are working with um, your strategy, you want to be able to say, oh, before I did day two's meditation and before I did uh, the day three class, I didn't have an idea of where I was going to start with selling this product and service, but now I can actually see a sort of strategy, maybe not the full strategy, but I can see the skeleton of the strategy, right? And who I'm actually starting to think and see some of my own strengths and weaknesses in business. This is how we measure if the work is working or not, right? It's not for just, oh, this is so amazing. I feel so spiritual. Brilliant. You're able to now communicate with your ancestors. Great. But honest to goodness, what we are always interested in, especially in the Money Magic course, is yes, you do that, but do you see a change in how you're reacting to money? So maybe you have no money in your bank account and before you would freak out, spend days crying, but now you're like, oh, I have no money in my bank account. Oh, okay, let me make dinner and keep it moving. And your mind is not losing its balance, right? That's when you know that, oh my gosh, there's a shift in this work. Because before I would spend a whole week just worrying about my bank account and now I spend a day or two and then after a few days, I'm like back to center and I continue working and I don't lose focus. That's how you know that the work is working, right? That That is an example for people that have done the bank account challenge, right? So if you've done the bank account challenge, then you know what I mean by that with in terms of like uh, 
working on uh, your bank account and your savings. But with this income work, you can just do the small test around some of the things that we've been doing the last few days. And I would really, really love to hear what's coming up for you guys. What are some of your aha moments? Um, maybe not right now, but definitely because this group is open up until August 21st and the Money Magic course opens up until uh, uh, it will be open from day six, which is July 31st on Saturday. <laughs> I don't know why like I'm always so confused by the dates if it's a Saturday or a Friday or a Sunday but yeah on Saturday and then it will close on August 21st so you guys have this group right up until the money magic course opens so in those 21 days do test play around see how you feel maybe before you couldn't talk about money to your siblings or even small things it doesn't mean that now you're going to be Oh my God, I can easily talk about my income. Some things do take time, right? The nervous system does take time to integrate things. And like I said, there are other layers around this. So this is just one element of visibility. There are other things that we do to support this in the course. But see, do I feel comfortable even talking about this with my friends? How does it feel? Or maybe it still feels icky, but you're like, it's a less icky icky, you know, it's, a different kind of icky that's how you know okay something is kind of like shifting for me and only you can know the truth of your situation I can't tell you right your friend can't tell you your mother can't tell you only you will know what is true within you and this is why for me I love this work because your truth is your truth you don't have to depend on me to tell you if something is working, will work, etc. Because your body, your life, your finances, your bank account, your income, those are a lot of these things are indisputable truths. And you know your truth better than I do. So thank you so much, guys. I hope this helped and it made a lot of sense. Again, give feedback, share your um experiences i love reading about them have a fantastic day further thank you cheers i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you find this podcast helpful and enlightening please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on itunes or leave a comment on youtube and of course share it with your family and friends I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also, as a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.